Good morning. Let's begin our service by singing hymn 280. Praise my soul, the King of heaven, to his feet thy tribute bring. Ransomed, healed, restored, forgiven, who like us should praise his sing? Praise him, praise him, praise him, praise him, praise the everlasting King. Hymn number 280. scriptural will be given by Karen from California. Luke, and behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said unto him, What is written in the law? How readest thou? And he answering said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, 
and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right. This do, and thou shalt live. But he, willing to justify himself, said unto Jesus, And who is my neighbor? And Jesus answering said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion on him and went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And he said, He that showed mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him, Go, and do thou likewise. We will now have a moment of silent prayer and follow with the Lord's Prayer and its spiritual interpretation as given in the Christian Science Textbook. Father, Mother, God, all harmonious. Hallowed be thy name. Adorable one, thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom is come. Thou art ever present. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Enable us to know, as in heaven, so on earth, God is omnipotent, supreme. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us grace for today. Feed the famished affections. And forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And love is reflected in love. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us 
from evil. And God leadeth us not into temptation, but delivereth us from sin, disease, and death. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. For God is infinite, all power, all life, truth, love, over all and all. Let's now sing hymn number 133. I cannot always trace the way where thou, almighty one, dost move, but I can always, always say that God is love, that God is love. Hymn number 133. Welcome to the Sunday morning service of the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent. We begin every Sunday here at uh, 10 a.m. with our roundtable discussion where we talk about this week's lesson and other topics that need to be covered and learn how to practice Christian science better in our daily lives. And we had another really good one this morning. 
So if you missed it, or if you'd like to hear it again, you can find it on our website, plainfieldcs.com, and you will also be able to find it on our YouTube channel and, and on our Vimeo channel. We have a Sunday school for children that meets at 11 every Sunday morning, and that Sunday school is available to children anywhere. In fact, many of our students don't live in the area, and they attend via telephone. That Sunday school has its own dedicated teleconference number, which means that anybody in the whole world can attend if they want. And that means that if uh, you, you don't live in the area and have a child of Sunday school age, uh, call us. We'll give you the teleconference number, and we would love to welcome your child to our Sunday school. We have a testimony meeting every Wednesday evening at 8.15, where you can hear testimonies of healings and lives literally transformed through the study and practice of Christian science. And at all of our services, we do have a nursery for infants and toddlers, so you can bring the whole family if you come in person. We have quite an outreach. We have 17 different websites in 17 different languages, which all contain the very finest Christian science literature, articles, books, songs, which means that most people around the world have access to the very finest of Christian science in their own language. This is our mission, and everything that's available on our websites is free of charge. You don't have to pay anything, you don't have to join anything. Freely we have received and freely we give. And that is why we are so grateful to those of you who contribute financially to this church. It is put to a very good purpose. And there is an article uh, now featured on our English language website that I'd like to point out, um, entitled... Our God of Love by Anna Herzog. This, is, this sort of gets to the fundamental point of Christianity. Our God of Love. I recommend it highly. And everyone is welcome here. And that includes all of you who are listening and participating from around the world. And now we will have the reading of a testimony of healing from the Christian Science textbook, which attests to the healing power obtained by studying the Christian Science textbook. And that reading will be given this morning by Betty from California. Page 621, Health and Peace Attained. For 15 years, I was a great sufferer physically and mentally. Eminent physicians treated me for hereditary consumption, torpid liver, and many other diseases. I sought relief at famous springs, the ozone of Florida, 
and the pure air of Colorado, but in vain. My life was one ceaseless torture. During this time, however, I was an earnest seeker after truth. I examined every religious teaching with a calm and unprejudiced attention. From an Orthodox Protestant, I became a skeptic and a follower of Voltaire, Tom Paine, and Ingersoll. Yet all the while, I retained faith in a supreme, intelligent being who made all. Sick, weary, doubting, and despairing, I accidentally went into a Christian science church in New York City on a Wednesday evening, not knowing what kind of place it was. Seeing a large number of people going into the building, I followed, supposing that a marriage ceremony had attracted the crowd. Being informed it was their regular Wednesday evening service, I inquired as to the denomination. I concluded that it was another new fad, but after investigation, I procured a copy of Science and Health, promising I would read it carefully. I began reading the book on Tuesday and finished on Friday the same week. I was still in the dark. I laid the book down, involuntarily closed my eyes, and silently prayed to God. I remained in that attitude a few moments when I felt like the mariner who had been tossed for days upon a boisterous sea, the clouds bending low, the billows rolling high, all nature wrapped in darkness. And in his despair, he kneels and commits his soul to God when he suddenly beholds the North Star breaking through the clouds enabling him to guide his ship to the shores of safety. Many things were made plain to me. I saw that there is one fatherhood of God and one brotherhood of man, that though I once was blind, now I see, that there was no more pain, nor aches, no fear, nor indigestion. I slept that night like a babe, and woke next morning refreshed. There are now no traces, whatever, of my former complaint, and I feel like a new being. L.P. New York, New York. The Bible and the Christian Science textbook are our only preachers. We shall now read scriptural texts and their correlative passages from our textbook. These comprise our sermon. The canonical writings, together with the word of our textbook, corroborating and explaining the Bible texts in their denominational spiritual import and application to all ages, past, present, and future, constitute a sermon undivorced from truth, uncontaminated or fettered by human hypotheses, and authorized by Christ. Today's lesson sermon can be found on page 10 of the Independent Christian Science Quarterly. 
Subject, love. The golden text is from 1 John. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. The responsive reading is from 1 John. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. We are of God. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and every one that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. Fairly from Maryland will now read. First John. And we have known and believed the love that God has to us. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. We love him because he first loved us. If a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth, loveth God love his brother also. Matthew, Jesus said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain. And when he was set, his disciples came unto him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Ye have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, 
Love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. For if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same? And if ye salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? Do not even the publicans so? Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. Acts. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band a devout man, and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. He saw in a vision, evidently about the ninth hour of the day, an angel of God coming into him and saying unto him, Cornelius. And when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, what is it, Lord? And he said unto him, The prayers and thine alms are come up for a memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa and call for one Simon, whose surname is Peter. And when the angel which spake unto Cornelius was departed, he called two of his household servants and devout soldier of them that waited on him continually. And when he had declared all these things unto them, he sent them to Joppa. On the morrow, as they went on their journey and drew nigh unto the city, Peter went up upon the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. And he became very hungry and would have eaten. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance and saw heaven opened and a certain vessel descending unto him as if it had been a great sheep knit at the four corners and that down to the earth, wherein were all manner of four-footed beasts of the earth and wild beasts and creeping things and fowls of the air. And there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter! Kill and eat. But Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice spake unto him again the second time, What God hath cleansed, that call not thou common. While Peter thought on the vision, the Spirit said unto him, Behold, Three men seek thee. Arise, therefore, and get thee down, and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. Then called he them in, and lodged them. And on the morrow Peter went away with them, and a certain brethren from Joppa accompanied him. And the morrow after they entered into Caesarea, and as Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him 
and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter took him up, saying, Stand up, I myself also am a man. And he said unto them, Ye know how that it is an unlawful thing for a man that is a Jew to keep company, or come unto one of another nation. But God hath showed me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. First John, by this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. Romans, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, and things present, nor things to come, not height, nor depth, nor any other creature, shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I will read correlative passages from the Christian Science textbook, Science and Health with Key to the Scriptures, by Mary Baker Eddy. Love one another, 1 John 3 is the most simple and profound counsel of the inspired writer. Love fulfills the law of Christian science. God is love. More than this we cannot ask. Higher we cannot look. Farther we cannot go. Jesus aided in reconciling man to God by giving man a truer sense of love, the divine principle of Jesus' teachings. And this truer sense of love redeems man from the law of matter, sin, and death by the law of spirit, the law of divine love. God fashions all things after his own likeness. Life is reflected in existence, truth in truthfulness, God in goodness, which impart their own peace and permanence. Love 
redolent with unselfishness, bathes all in beauty and light. As there is but one God, there can be but one divine principle of all science. And there must be fixed rules for the demonstration of this divine principle. The letter of science plentifully reaches humanity today, but its spirit comes only in small degrees. The vital part, the heart and soul of Christian science, is love. Without this, the letter is but the dead body of science, pulseless, cold, inanimate. Love is enthroned. Love for God and man is the true incentive in both healing and teaching. Love inspires, illumines, designates, and leads the way. Right motives give pinions to thought and strength and freedom to speech and action. Love is priestess at the altar of truth. Wait patiently for divine love to move upon the waters of mortal mind and form the perfect concept. Patience must have her perfect work. Human affection is not poured forth vainly, even though it meet no return. Love enriches the nature, enlarging, purifying, and elevating it. The wintry blasts of earth may uproot the flowers of affection and scatter them to the winds, but this severance of fleshly ties serves to unite thought more closely to God. For love supports the struggling heart until it ceases to sigh over the world and begins to unfold its wings for heaven. Would existence without personal friends be to you a blank? Then the time will come when you will be solitary, left without sympathy. But this seeming vacuum is already filled with divine love. When this hour of development comes, even if you cling to a sense of personal joys, spiritual love will force you to accept what best promotes your growth. Friends will betray, and enemies will slander, until the lesson is sufficient to exalt you. For man's extremity is God's opportunity. The author has experienced the foregoing prophecy and its blessings. Thus, he teaches mortals to lay down their fleshliness and gain spirituality. This is done through self-abnegation. Universal love is the divine way in Christian science. 
Self-love is more opaque than a solid body. In patient obedience to a patient God, let us labor to dissolve with the universal solvent of love the adamant of error, self-will, self-justification, and self-love, which wars against spirituality and is the law of sin and death. Whatever inspires with wisdom, truth, or love, be it song, sermon, or science, blesses the human family with crumbs of comfort from Christ's table, feeding the hungry and giving living waters to the thirsty. We should become more familiar with good than with evil and guard against false beliefs as watchfully as we bar our doors against the approach of thieves and murderers. We should love our enemies and help them on the basis of the golden rule. But avoid casting pearls before those who trample them underfoot, thereby robbing both themselves and others. All nature teaches God's love to man, but man cannot love God supremely and set his whole affections on spiritual things while loving the material or trusting in it more than in the spiritual. We must forsake the foundation of material systems, however time-honored, if we would gain the Christ as our only Savior. To love one's neighbors as one's self is a divine idea. But this idea can never be seen, felt, nor understood through the physical senses. Take away wealth, fame, and social organizations, which weigh not one jot in the balance of God, and we get clearer views of principle. Break up cliques, level wealth with honesty, let worth be judged according to wisdom, and we get better views of humanity. To ascertain our progress, we must learn where our affections are placed and whom we acknowledge and obey as God. If divine love is becoming nearer, dearer, and more real to us, matter is then submitting to spirit. The objects we pursue and the spirit we manifest reveal our standpoint and show what we are winning. God gives the lesser idea of himself for a link to the greater, and in return, the higher always protects the lower. The rich in spirit 
help the poor in one grand brotherhood, all having the same principle or father. And blessed is that man who seeth his brother's need and supplieth it, seeking his own in another's good. Love giveth to the least spiritual idea might, immortality, and goodness, which shine through all as the blossom shines through the bud. All the varied expressions of God reflect health, holiness, immortality, infinite life, truth, and love. Glory be to God and peace to the struggling hearts. Christ hath rolled away the stone from the door of human hope and faith, and through the revelation and demonstration of life in God, hath elevated them to possible at one with the spiritual idea of man and his divine principle, love. We will now have a moment of silent prayer for our world. Let's now sing hymn number 30. The words of this hymn are by Mary Baker Eddy. Brood o'er us with thy sheltering wing, neath which our spirits blend like brother birds that soar and sing and on the same branch bend. The arrow that doth wound the dove darts not from those who watch and love. Hymn number 30.
I was always one of those who had to find himself what I wanted, what I was supposed to be. I read every self-help book on the self-improvement shelf. Some were good, but still I felt so empty. Couldn't tell you what it was that I was looking for. I could dissect it all and get back to you later. But I needed each experience to bring me to my knees before. Let's now sing hymn number 179. Love one another, word of revelation. Love frees from error's thrall. Love is liberation. Love's way the master trod. He that loves shall walk with God. 
Love is the Royal Way. Hymn number 179. Christian Science Textbook, The Scientific Statement of Being, and the Correlative Passages from 1 John, 3rd Chapter. There is no life, truth, intelligence, nor substance in matter. All is infinite mind and its infinite manifestation, for God is all in all. Spirit is immortal truth. Matter is mortal era. Spirit is the real and eternal. Matter is the unreal and temporal. Spirit is God, and man is his image and likeness. Therefore, man is not material. He is spiritual. Behold, 
what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. From Romans. Owe no man anything but to love one another, for he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. Amen.